Hello everyone and welcome to Magical Streaming, a podcast where we watch Disney Plus and then talk about it. My name is Amber. My name's Marie and it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Um, That's 100% my fault. Really, Amber would have been ready to start back up a long time ago. I was just not feeling it. I mean, I'm sure you've all been on planet Earth recently. You know, what's been going on hits a little hard at times. Which, I mean, could also have been taken as a perfect opportunity to use that time to keep recording a podcast. (laughs) But actually, I'm very fortunate to work in an industry that is considered essential. So I have been... You've been been employed. I mean, I've been employed as well. Um, But mine is much more luck uh, in the people I work with as opposed to the government deciding that I'm essential. Yeah, and like, I mean, the main thing is I've been going into work pretty right. much all this time. There was a stint of about six weeks where <laughs> I was working from home. I'm so mad. Um, six or four weeks, I can't remember, like around April. I am six months into working from home now. Yeah. I mean, we would gladly trade spaces. I would love to go to the office. I very much enjoy working from home. And, I mean, technically my job can very easily be done from home. There's a couple of things that are a little more tricky. But for the most part, like when I was doing it, I was managing just fine. They don't want us to. So it is what it is. But, yeah, so uh, all that to say that. It's Sorry. been a while. <laughs> uh, we'll see if we remember how to do this, which oh, is just I talking. Remember. Yeah. Um, we are potentially gonna switch around some of the stuff that we have been planning on doing a little bit. Uh, we're not really gonna specifically do a Disney Plus original episode every month because, I mean, ultimately there's not a lot of content and some of it is a little trickier right to do so those might more be in terms of like episodes that are paired with other things rather than be standalone um we are not for the time being gonna be doing listeners choice Choice. episodes either because i love all of y'all that are listening to us but let's be real there's not a lot right now so you know we're putting out a poll and two people are voting which again love you guys thank you but that's not really the point of a poll so we'll it's something that we will definitely look at reinstating in the future if at some point this takes off (laughs) uh but yeah for right now we're just gonna see how we do it uh gonna throw in some chronological and they're gonna pick stuff that we just felt like watching or were curious about at other points yeah yeah Yeah, but today we are doing cinderella which was supposed to be the episode we were going to do when we went on hiatus yep suddenly and unexpectedly um suddenly and unexpectedly when i came home and i was like people get summer breaks (laughs) 
well, that's the truth. So yeah. I don't, I don't know what to say to that. Uh, why don't you give us? So obviously, we're talking the animated Cinderella. Yes, because we've already done the live action. Yes. Uh, actually, we might throw in some more things in there at some point because uh, just recently they have added Ever After to Disney Plus. So that's we'll something. Uh, and then there are the two sequels to the animated version. Say what you will. Which... I enjoy Cinderella 2. Cinderella 2? Yeah. I thought you said you, say you enjoy the twist in time. But... I also enjoy Cinderella 3, but I love Cinderella. It has a special place in my heart, Cinderella 2. I love Anastasia's love story. It's just so sweet. Okay, well, we'll talk about that more in depth when we do Cinderella, Cinderella 2. 2. Uh, I mean, I feel like that's going to be paired with Cinderella 3. It's just going to be like Cinderella oh, yeah. sequels episode. Of course. Anyway... So let's get started with this. Right? Why don't you read the lovely people the description from Disney Plus? Yes. So synopsis for Cinderella on Disney Plus. With a wave of her wand and some bibbity bobbity boo, Cinderella's fairy godmother transforms an ordinary pumpkin into a magnificent coach and Cinderella's rags into a gorgeous gown, then sends her off to the royal ball. But when Cinderella's enchanted evening ends at the stroke of midnight, will she get her fairy tale ending? This is very off-brand for a Disney Plus synopsis to me because it's actually very accurate. It's basically just listing off some what? of the things that we happen. Are in disagreement. And this is literally things that happen in it, the they movie. They are things that happen in like, the movie. Like, it's not summarizing the movie. It's listen. summarizing, like, 20 minutes of the movie. It is, yeah, it's not, it is like, hey... Because, listen, I mean, I know most people know Cinderella is going to go to the ball, but there's all this dramatic tension when you're, you're watching her dress get wrecked. You read this and you're like, well, she's going to the ball. So you ain't even got to wonder how she's, and how is she getting there? bippity boppity boo by the fairy godmother, says the synopsis. <sighs> well, I mean, again, this movie came out in 1950. Pretty sure, uh people who are gonna be watching it would not be spoiled by the synopsis. I don't. And I believe little children who are being shown this for the first time are not interested in reading the synopsis either. I, so, I don't like it. <laughs> no, I'm not saying I like it. I'm just saying it's not the usual nonsense. I disagree. It is the usual nonsense. Just spun a new way. Alright, well give us some facts. Yeah, some you do facts. facts. I do the facts. You do the trivia. Right. I forgot to, to convert, the, convert money. the money. Oh my goodness. Please open the, the money converter. Alright. I'll start off here. Cinderella was released on March 4th, 1950. Um, and it was with a budget of $2.9 million. Damn, that was a lot. In 1950. Wait. How do I do this? That, that's not going to consider $2.9 Okay. There we go. So that today would be $31,276,493.83. That's very surprising to me considering the situation the studio was in that they were able to spend that much money on it. I, I'm going to get to that. Um... And the box office uh, was 
$263.6 million. That's right. Which today would be $2,842,920,531.12. That's the first movie to, I think, chronologically... That's like breached the billion. Right. I should add, uh, I am confident that this includes all the re releases. Okay. Yeah. That that makes a lot more sense. (laughs) You were like, (laughs) you were just sprouting out these numbers, and I was like, that's nonsensical. I do not believe at the time of making this money, (laughs) Walt Disney had $2.9 million to throw out. No, no, no. The 2.9 million is what they spent on the movie. That makes no sense to me. What have we learned throughout this podcast? I know Walt, Walt does, does not, not care. care about spending money, but I just Here's, don't know okay. how he even had it. Here's okay. Before I get into the specific history where Cinderella started within the Walt Disney Company. Here's what you need to know. At the time when we get close to 1950, Walt had taken about a million dollars off of his debt. So he was before at like four million, but now he's only down to three million. And he's like, you know what? That means I can go right back up. That's that's what the spending is for. So Cinderella really um, started with Walt Disney back when Walt was working at Laughograms. I don't know if we've talked about Laughograms before, but it was Walt's first uh, animation company that he ran in uh, Kansas mm. City. Is that where Oswald was stolen? Uh, with, with iWorks. Uh, he worked with iWorks there, and uh, I think, yes, that is where they were making uh, iWorks. And they did a one-minute version in 1922. Then Walt wanted to do a version of Cinderella as one of the Silly Symphonies, but it was really too complex to tell the whole story with just music and in such a short time frame, so Cinderella got pushed back again. Um, But as of 1938, so Walt's had this idea for a long time. time. It became work as a uh, standalone film with... uh, Dana Kofi and Bianca Majoli as the screenwriters, and it stuck very close to the original fairy tale. But in uh, September of 1943, Dick Humor and Joe Grant were given a $1 million uh, budget to start producing, um, and the script started to change. And But by 1945, they had to stop. The war... The animators strike, it's everything's coming together. They just don't have the people. They're pu- they're pushing out propaganda. They 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 don't have Yeah, it. they're doing all those package package films. films because they're trying to save money. In the spring of 1946, uh, there's storyboard um, meetings starting to take place. And in 19 to for to further progress, I'm sorry, to further progress the story, to start putting it together. And as I said, 
Walt, so in 1946 is when Walt gets his debt down to three million, and he's like, oh yeah, baby, we got a standalone film coming. So at that point, uh, by 1948, there are three films currently in the beginning stages of production. Can you guess what they are? Well, there's Alice in Wonderland. Yes. Because I've seen that. Uh, Peter Pan? Peter Pan and Cinderella. So they look at them and they say, you know, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, these, these are cold movies. The characters are cold. They're not going to get a warm reception. They're not, they're not really likable. But Cinderella, who mama, she, you know who she reminds us of? Snow White. You remember what Snow White did for us? Yes. So. They greenlit Cinderella. They're like, all right, it's 1948. This movie bets be done by 1950. Beginning. You know, that's interesting because I have conflicting information. <laughs> I love when that happens. I'm going to fight you. My information is, is true. It's the truth. It's... No, yeah. No, well... Cinderella... Okay, so you're they green, greenlit Cinderella, of course. But consider Alice in Wonderland came out just one year later. So, realistically, and what I found says that they were working on both projects at the same time. And whichever was completed first... No, they pushed to have Cinderella out first because Cinderella was going to make them more money so they could finish the other projects. They were like, Cinderella, Cindy, she's likable. This story real likable. People are going to like it a lot, which I have some hot takes when we get to Alice in Wonderland and Peter Pan. Um... <laughs> But I think everyone can agree, Cinderella is a very likable story. Not everyone can agree, and I'm going to touch on that with my fight. hot takes. Ooh, I'm going to fight you. Uh, anyway, so they're like, yeah, Cindy, she's so likable. She's like Snow White. We're going we gonna to get in, uh, in the black. So then the rest is history. Cinderella came out. It was very well received they made a ton of money people loved it and cinderella has remained kind of a disney icon one of the one of the first princesses people will think of when you say disney princess is cinderella i mean arguably if you take into account an overall without the fads of like new movies coming out or whatever cinderella is a very strong saying character that Pretty much everybody knows. And you see her in the parks. Cinderella Castle is the landmark icon of Walt Disney World as a whole and Magic Kingdom Park. Um, it's also Tokyo Disneyland has Cinderella Castle as its icon of the park. Both, of course, were opened when uh, the, the parks were opened. Of course, they have undergone different decorational changes, <laughs> different looks. Uh, most famously, the birthday cake castle. For the 25th anniversary. For the 25th anniversary of Walt Disney World, which people have a lot of opinions on. Um, you know, I've seen some people, like, you would think that people who went for the first time would really be loved the it. really upset one but yeah and like some people see pictures and makes them feel nostalgic because they're like this I is would... how I experienced it for the first time I, I think I would have been one of those people especially because in 90 uh, the 
25th was 90... So it opened in 71, so 96. 96. I would have been three. Uh, it stayed for over a year, so possibly four. I would have loved a giant candy castle. I would have been all about it. I would have been so well, happy. It's not candy, it's cake. But the candy, like the lifesavers yeah. and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely would have... I think I would have loved it. Um, and then there is um, Prince Charming's uh, Royal Carousel in Magic Kingdom, Tokyo Disneyland, and Hong Kong Disneyland. Opening attraction at all three parks. Fun fact, it used to be called Cinderella's Golden Carousel, but the name was changed on June 1st, 2010 to make it more in line with theming is what they say. I don't really understand it. I don't know. Uh, I do know that there is, uh, you can find Cinderella's horse. In, yes. Well, quote unquote, like it's, it's, it is deemed Cinderella's horse and I believe it has a blue ribbon and that's how you can distinguish it. I thought it was a gold ribbon hmm. on the tail. Interesting. We don't know anything here, folks. That's how we run this podcast. <laughs> um, also, there's Cinderella's Royal Table inside of Cinderella Castle at Walt Disney World. Um, and a Bippity Bockaby Boutique. Now, Cinderella's Royal Table opened in October 1971, but it wasn't called Cinderella's Royal Table. Do you know what it was called? What was it called? Um, King Stephen's Banquet Hall. Why would they have a Sleeping Beauty referenced restaurant inside Cinderella Castle? You know, that's a great point, and a lot of people ask that. So, on April 28th, 1997, that was a while, it changed to Cinderella's Royal Table, which is still open today. Um, You meet Cinderella. Well, not today. (laughs) <laughs> in non-pandemic times you meet cinderella and then there are princesses that come around uh, and take pictures it's really cute inside there it's very pretty it's uh it's overpriced yeah oh definitely you're paying for the experience it is like but a lot there of are things so many cute touches inside yeah it's kind of one of those things where you do it once and that's enough because you can say i have had a meal inside the castle right like, you know, you, you can meet the princesses elsewhere. Right. But it is it is a really cute restaurant. Um, and in uh, Disneyland Paris, they have the L'Auberge Lo, au... No. L'Auberge de... L'Auberge de Cinderellion. Cinderellion. Uh, which is basically Cinderella's royal table, except it's not the castle. Well, because Auberge is, it's like... Um, a cabin, right? No, it's not cabin. <laughs> it's... It's rustic. It's kind like of a, lodge? a bed and breakfast. Like yeah, a kind of, yeah, cottage hut. Yeah, kind of. Anyway, that opened uh, on opening day, and it it is very similar. I don't know if there are princesses, but I looked at the menu. Uh, it's seventy five euros uh, for an adult for a three course meal, forty three for a child. Um, but they real fancy. Real fancy, yeah. Like a fancy meal in legit France is a little different, but I mean, that's still 
they can make fancy meals in America. I'm not saying that, like, go to Victoria and Alberts, you're going to be paying $500 for, what is it, like, turkey I mean, courses. But, so, in comparison, uh, 75 euros is not bad at all compared to what you're paying uh, in the U.S. at Cinderella's Royal Table for per person. What is it? I think... A hundred and... No, it's not that much more. I mean, right now it might be giving me the right, COVID right. Uh, pricing because they're opening the restaurant at a slight discount because the princesses aren't going to be going around It's not eating. enough of a discount. It is not. Uh, no, no, it's just $62. And that's actually, that's the straight up price. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's not. It's pretty, I thought it was more expensive no, because it's, it's two table even. credits. No. Um, anyway, carrying on. Uh, in Tokyo Disneyland, they used to have the Cinderella Castle Mystery Tour. From July 11th, 1986, so a few years after opening, to uh, April 5th, 2006. This sounds like the most lit attraction in the world. Like, it's a walkthrough. Um, it's, it takes place in Cinderella's castle. That's really the only thing it has to do with Cinderella. Uh, but you get to see villains. You get to see the Is it witch. actually Cinderella's castle yeah, in it's that in, park? Yeah, it's inside it, yeah, Tokyo. It's, yeah, yeah, but... I'm just saying, in Magic Kingdom, it's not Cinderella's castle. It's no, it's Cinderella, Cinderella castle. castle. Okay. okay. You know what? I'll fight you. Uh, Tromboli. And there's a large de- a large part of it was dedicated to the Black Cauldron, which is wow. wild. I would have loved to have seen this in person because, you know. Yeah, the Black Cauldron is represented it, like sounds scary nowhere. Because the Horned it, King used to, like, straight up was like, I will kill you and feed you to the Black Cauldron. That was part of the script. I'm like, oh, I get why they probably closed this. And replaced it with, starting in 2011, April 15th, Cinderella Cinderella Fairytale Hall, where you get to go kind of like in Paris, Paris, where you get to walk through and you get to see the little... um, But there's rooms, actually. And it's just kind of a walkthrough. Kind of, I guess, more like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea in Paris. Where yeah, you just so kind of just, walk through. Yeah, the walkthrough. Like the, all the walkthrough attractions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it seems cute, but not as lit as the mm-hmm. mystery tour. Um, and that's it. Like, the other parks ain't got nothing. Yeah, but, I mean, the thing with Cinderella is, uh, even without having an attraction, she's still going to be represented everywhere. She's I mean, in you can meet every her. parade. You can meet her. She's in. She has her own dinner at the Grand Floridian. Yeah, nineteen hundred Park Fair, uh, at dinner time only. I said her own dinner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but most inter- I mean, it's a lot more interesting to meet the the Tremaine, Lady Tremaine, and the stepsisters. Yes. Which you can also do, but not Lady Tremaine anymore. Oh, really? Just the stepsisters. Mm-hmm. Well, they're the attract, but like they're the entertaining part. Yes. So that's where we got for staying power. I mean, that's a decent amount of staying power. I mean, compared to some you've other got princesses on Moana. You've got. I mean, let's I'm be real. I'm mad about it. Seventy Although, years. That's true. Okay, you make a fair point. <laughs> also, did you see they are reseeming the Polynesian? Yes. With Moana. With Moana rooms. Quick update about Moana. Polynesian. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, all right. So, moving on into trivia. So, tell me some trivia. Are you going to make me guess things? I made you guess some things. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how I feel. 
so Cinderella, it, it brought forth a few firsts in terms of like what it was as a movie and how it was made. Uh, for it was the first film to be worked on by all nine of the legendary nine old men of the Walt Disney I did see that, but I left that department. for you. Well, yes, because it's trivia. <laughs> Uh, also, it was selected for preservation uh, in the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress in 2018 uh, for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. I this is not the first Disney film to do that. It says it was the first animated theatrical film from the 50s to be preserved. So maybe from a different era, but it was the first animated film I'm from the pretty 50s. sure... I'd have to look back through my notes. But I think Fantasia was also selected. Well, Fantasia was not in the 50s. I'm just saying. It wasn't the first Disney film. I didn't say it was the first Disney film. I said it was the first animated from the 50s. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. (sighs) Also, um, so in the song Sing Sweet Nightingale, they used a double-tracked vocals recording so when she harmonizes with herself it was actually first commercial use of that particular method disney invented auto tune he did not <laughs> so that's one thing he did not invent it someone else disney popularized auto tune he did um it, although it would not become widely used until the 60s but it was the first like he's in the ground floor method yeah <laughs> Uh, And also, it was the first Disney film to have its songs published and copyrighted by the newly created Walt Disney Music Company. I love the Walt Disney Music Company. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, before that, the songs didn't really have that much, like, residual value for the studio. Because then they're usually sold uh, to establish music companies for sheet music publications. But after that, they just were just like, okay, well, we're going to... Bye. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, as you've touched on, this was a, you know, it was a success, and they were making sure that this was going to be a movie that was going to work, uh, because even though he had reduced his debt by a million. So he's done only $3 million <laughs> in debt. Yeah. Uh, this was still very much seen as a make or break for the studio. A lot of people believe that if the movie had failed at the box office, it would have been the end of the Walt this Disney This is why Studios. they couldn't put Alice in Wonderland out. And like, I do I on one hand, I believe it for money. On the other hand, I don't believe it because Walt Oh, for he sure. He would have found a way to get back in the game at some point. But But you know, it, Walt wasn't really involved that much with Cinderella toward the end uh, because he was busy with uh, Treasure Island a live action Disney movie that may or may not be on Disney Plus that we might get to at some I point I think it is uh, he, was, he was really interested in Treasure Island he was like you guys go ahead I got some Treasure Island to do alrighty uh, but yeah like yes they picked Cinderella to release over Alice in Wonderland but as I mentioned earlier they still had two animation crews working on each film and they were competing with each other to see which would finish first but also which would do the best job and ultimately 
they did go with Cinderella, which I do agree with also. But Well, yeah, I don't think Alice in Wonderland, I don't have the numbers, but did as well as Cinderella. Um, but I don't know, audiences back then were weird. But I know for a fact uh, Cinderella is has more... Uh, more value as a property, as a historical, you know, reference as... I mean, Alice in Wonderland has a pretty good following. It's a cult following. Yeah, it's... it's As opposed to widestream, like... Yeah, mainstream. Actually, a lot of people... So, Cinderella and kind of like the Golden Age era... But a lot of people consider it to be kind of belonging to both eras. So the one it ended, the one it started. Because after Cinderella, a lot of the movies that were produced and made by the company uh, were very much more seen as, like, made for marketability. Rather Mm. than, you know, taking uh, artistic gambles, such as, you know, Fantasia. Yeah, yeah. You know what? They they needed that money. I mean, I know Walt was like, it's only $3 million in 1950s money. Well, I mean, after Cinderella, they were not in debt anymore. <laughs> you know, uh, Walt was just that kind of person who, if he had money, he was going to spend it. He was going to be trying to do something. So, um, as we know, this is not the end of the financial worries that the Walt Disney Company uh, would was, face. It was really all up and down the entire, like, through his entire, not even just with the company, like, his personal finances. He just were took risks. Up and down. And he yeah, was ready to put off. his money where his mouth was. Yeah. That's anyway, it. continue. All right. So, in terms of the movie itself, little tidbits. All right. Um, to save money, because we've just been over how, how much in debt the studio was, uh, when they were animating the pumpkin coach, the animators drew the coach to seemingly float on air so that they would not have to animate the turning wheels. You know what? That's smart. It, it goes real... The thing, too, is like... It, it also goes makes it so seem magic. Well, it goes so well with the general aesthetic of that scene. Like, it that just... entire time of... from the It's very, like... Obviously, yeah, but I mean, also just in terms of the way you see the film, there is almost like a breaking point between the moment she leaves for the ball and just that entire sequence of the ball at the castle. I feel like the the aesthetic that they went for, it really goes from more of realistic when she's, you know, at her house being abused and everything, (laughs) and then she goes and have this, like, dreamlike evening, and it has a very dreamlike feel to it through that entire sequence. Like, with the exception of when the prince is meeting all these other girls that he has no interest in. I mean, but that's not about her. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This ain't his dream. (laughs) And, I mean, I'm sure we have Mary Blair to thank for that. Mary Blair! Her designs, like, I was actually paying a lot more attention re-watching it, especially uh, the So This Is Love sequence when they start walking outside, and it's like, it is so gorgeous. It's it's an amazing... Mary like, Blair's an MVP. Yeah. Uh, also, in other ways to keep costs down, they used a lot of live-action references. I mean, this is something they did with a lot of movies, but this one they did a lot to keep. And actually, 
uh, kind of in vain with that. I know they did that a fair amount with Alice in Wonderland also, which yes. makes sense because then it was all in the Also same, Peter Pan. Mm-hmm, all in the same time frame. Um, uh, this movie is, I believe, probably the shortest time frame in terms of story development. Because excluding the initial prologue, mm-hmm. which explains how the stepmother came into Cinderella's life and blah, blah, blah. It's like three days, ain't it? Yeah, uh, not even. So including excluding the prologue and the closing wedding scene, the main story of the film takes place over approximately 24 hours. Because she starts her day with her chores. That same day, the Prince's Ball is announced for that evening. Oh, right. That evening. She goes evening. to the ball. Yeah, it's not like the live action. It's that same day. The king is like, tonight. <laughs> We're going to have a ball tonight. I guess so, you peasants, you ain't got... I mean, they're not peasants. I guess you low-level nobility, you ain't got nothing else to do. Sure, I'll go to a ball tonight. He doesn't even care nobility. This Again, this king does not care who his son marries. He just wants him hitched up with a girl so he can have grandbabies. That is it. But yeah, so she goes to the ball that night and then the following morning, the Duke's been around all night and he gets to the house for her to try the slipper on. That entire movie, save that maybe two minutes of introduction to the story and not even one minute closing scene takes place over 24 hours okay dang um also nice little fact the transformation of cinderella's dress from her torn ball dress to her white ball gown silver ball gown uh i always thought it was blue so okay (laughs) in the i can't believe you didn't we watched the movie last night. I... So in promotion, like merchandise, merchandising, marketing. I'm looking at a really... blue little Cinderella doll yes, right now. because everything they do in terms of marketing, her dress is very much so blue. I'm thinking about in meeting the Cinderella. actual movie, it is silvery. It has like... Like a periwinkle, I thought. No, not even. Like, straight up, if you watch the transformation scene, and when she's watching herself in the reflection in the fountain, it is straight up silvery white dress. There is no blue in there. And I find that it's even more gorgeous. With I mean, okay, for the animated version, the live action, I adore, I adore the blue dress. We, we already but, talked about the live yeah, action. Yeah, so I don't want to, but you were giving me a look, like, really? Really? Yeah, I'm thinking about but, when we meet Cinderella in the parks. No, I, I'm not I saying, love that like, blue dress. It's pretty. I don't, see, I don't think it would translate well in merchandise, and I don't think it would translate well in costuming in parks. So you don't think it's terms, realistic? You think it just looks well, good as Well, it is magical. <laughs> It is magical. <laughs> like, it was literally straight up brought out of thin air. So uh, yeah, I, It's it, not out of thin air. She's transforming the old well, dress into okay. the new one. Uh, there was a lot more fabric involved in that new she one. Just, she just pulled the Jesus and said, there's this much fabric, make it work. And she did. Like, when Jesus had all those loaves of bread and those fish and said, just, just pass the baskets, it'll be fine. And it was. <laughs> Okay, well, to finish my fact, 
that transformation was considered to be Walt, uh, Walt's favorite piece of animation from all his movies. I I did see that. Yeah, and it's I agree. It's it's magical. It's very yeah, like it's kind of, and that's one thing I feel like when they make those like commercials for like when they're re-releasing. Yeah, uh, movies were like uh, when they had these commercials with like Blu-ray is a thing now, and or like when they're showing multiple clips from multiple movies, that's always the scene because that's it's included. iconic. It is. Uh, now Lucifer was voiced by a human. Oh, I wasn't. I mean, oh. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I, the actress got asked by uh, Walt Disney, "Do you think you could voice a cat?" And she was like, sure. yeah. <laughs> and then she did. Yeah, I mean, that's not surprising. It doesn't sound like an actual cat. Uh, but that's not actually what I was going to say. Okay. So Lucifer was modeled after Ward Kimball's cat, which was a plump, six-toed calico named Feetsy. And Kimball actually studied dozens of cats, but he had like trouble coming up with a good enough design for the cat. Uh, and one day Walt was visiting him at home to talk about stuff. Uh, and Fitzy persisted in brushing against Walt's legs throughout the entire conversation. <laughs> And Walt, who we know, sadly, was not fond of cats, just went out and said, For gosh sake, Kimball, there's your Lucifer right there. (laughs) Wow, rude, because Lucifer's a mean cat. Yeah, but there's something kind of like with the... I I get it in the sense of like you see Lucifer brushing against, like when he brushes against Bruno with his tail under his nose and... I, if you have a cat that's surrounding your ankles and keeps rubbing itself, like, I can I can visualize that as being a model. And also just the fact that he was fat. Like, <laughs> Lucifer's a fat cat. Uh, but yeah, so that was the model. Uh, now, there was a few, like, quote-unquote, not deleted scenes, but in earlier drafts, there were quite a few things that didn't obviously make it into the movie. Mm-hmm. And I found them interesting because reading through them, one thing that you notice is a few of those actually did make it into the live action. Ooh, so, for cool. example, uh, the prince originally played a larger role and had yeah. more character development. Which didn't actually... they find him hard to animate? No, that was with uh, Snow, Snow White. White. I thought they also found him hard to animate, but I no, guess I'm wrong. No, I guess they had... No, because he looks a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> if you compare the two princes, woohoo, you got an upgrade. Oh. Uh, no, I think it was just time and they decided they didn't really care about <laughs> developing his character that much. We don't uh, care. Spend more time on the He father. doesn't even have a name and like we know him as Prince Charming, but he's not even ever referred to as Prince Charming in the movie. He's just That's the true. prince. Uh, but yeah, so in one abandoned opening, the prince is shown hunting a deer. But at the end of the sequence, it is shown that the prince and the deer were actually friends playing games. <laughs> uh, showing him off as an animal lover instead of a killer. But yeah, so in the live action, there is that scene where... We, 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 we yeah, all know. So, you know, there's that. Uh, there was also a sequence... Where right after the royal ball, she gets home 
she returns home and she's kind of listening in on the step family's discussion about the mystery girl from the ball and you know she's all amused with them and uh like you know the fact that they didn't recognize her uh but ultimately Walt cut the scene because he felt it made her look smug and mean-spirited and they didn't he didn't want to risk losing the audience's sympathy for her but that kind of again mirrors yeah after the ball scene i find in the live action um and then finally they did also have in the early draft for the ending uh, a scene which showed the reintroduction of cinderella to the prince at the castle. Oh, that would have been nice. Uh, where he finds out that his love interest is a servant girl and not a princess. Uh, comes to term with the fact and embraces her. But they decided to scrub the scene for being overlong and not particularly engaging. So I guess they didn't really make it seem that good. Um, but yeah, so those kind of mirror to me the live action in a way. Like they went back and maybe threw in some of these bits and pieces now, a fact that I found particularly funny, um, according to Les Harding, who was one of the yep. animators, I believe, um, in his book, there was a popular legend that Marilyn Monroe was a physical model for Cinderella <laughs> because apparently someone within the Disney organization heard a critic, critique, critic, whatever, a critic say that Cinderella was too voluptuous. Voluptuous. <laughs> I know. What are you watching? That critic uh, would probably have had an aneurysm watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit. They would have had an aneurysm watching some of the fun and fancy films. free. Yeah, you know, from that same time, but Gosh, also like darn. modern, like. Esmeralda and Ooh, Jasmine. Elsa. Yeah, Jasmine. <laughs> like, but you remember the scandal over Elsa when she transforms into her dress. Yikes. Uh, so yeah, like, I just thought that was funny because voluptuous is right about the last word that would come to mind when thinking about Cinderella. Yeah, real not. Yeah. Uh, and then a couple of facts about Eileen Woods who voiced Cinderella. Um, she beat exactly 309 girls for the part of Cinderella, which at that time, I'm sure, was a pretty big casting call. Did you Uh, know she used to have her own radio show that played on ABC? I did not. Yes, she did. It was the Eileen Wood show. Uh, but yeah, she had, uh, there was a a demo recording of her singing a few of the film's songs that were presented to Walt. But she had no idea she was auditioning for the part until Disney contacted her because she made the recordings for a few friends and they sent them to Disney without telling uh, her. Those are, those are real good friends. Yeah, like those are the ones you gotta, you gotta stick by. Uh, and then, you know, a little fact that's a little more bittersweet. Oh, um, no. Uh, she did suffer from Alzheimer's in her later years. Uh, and during that time, she did not even remember that she had played Cinderella. But nurses that worked with her usually would claim that she was very much comfort- comforted whenever they would play A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. Oh my, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I am gonna cry. Listen, it's, it's sad, but it's sweet. It's just sad. 
So that concludes my trivia. Wow. It's so I'm going to be thinking about this. This is going to live rent-free in my head to make me sad for, I don't know, the next month. You didn't know? No. This was not the first time I had seen this fact. No, I didn't know. <laughs> and now I know, and it's going to live rent-free <laughs> up here, whatever my brain's about. You want to think of something sad? <laughs> okay. Well, moving on <laughs> to hot takes. <laughs> my hot take is I'm sad. <laughs> okay. Oh. I mean, I don't... Here's the thing. I don't have that much of a hot take with the movie itself. Alright. I have a hot take with the perception of the movie. And okay. I have a hot take especially with people who criticize Cinderella. Because... Are we going to get into the same thing we got into last time about Cinderella being weak? Maybe. <laughs> but you're going to let me and you're going to sit there. and. Okay, but here's the thing. Um, I think especially so with the animated, because the live-action obviously fleshes out her character a little bit more. It's a live-action movie, you have more time, you have more screen time. The, I mean, this animated movie is like an hour and 15 minutes, something like that. Yeah. It's a very short one. Um, not the shortest, but it's short. And when people criticize Cinderella, they think mostly about the animated version more than the remakes. Um, but here's the thing. It's not even, I'm not even going to talk about the character herself and the fact that, uh, you can't, you know, shame a victim of abuse for not leaving her abusers. That's not how it works. Um, I'm just going to go into the fact that just re-watching the movie, no, she's not straight up, like, necessarily standing up for herself directly to her stepfamily, because again, she, she is a spirit. victim of abuse in an abusive situation, and this is at a time where obviously there was no, like, recourse for just up and leaving your family to go live somewhere else. She would have just been destitute on the street. But... When she's by herself, girl is sassy. She she got some spirit, yeah. She's got some sass. Like she it's just not It's like, not mean. subtle. Yeah, she's not mean. She's just like you know, when she's trying to get her dress ready in her bedroom and then they call her and it's like now what do they want? And they're like, I'm coming <laughs> Uh, like, you know, she's not actually that... She's not bland. She's not passive. She's just a victim of her circumstances. I agree with that. But yeah, like, but even so, just like, watch the movie and pay attention. You are gonna see my girl Cinderella has some sass. She does have some sass. Um, my hot take here is... The only reason <laughs> the only reason why all this was a thing is just cuz people had to get married before they could have kids. Like if people could just have kids without getting married, I'm sure the prince would have popped out a couple of grandkids and his dad would have left him alone. But no. <laughs> 
That's not you how got, it works. You gotta get married first to find yeah, yourself a bride he, and then right there. pop out them kids. He's right there like, one of them will make a good mother. And then the dude's like, uh, he's like, wife, whatever, I guess. Yeah, like, that's, I mean, that's one place where you can draw a very clear differentiation of character between the animated and the live action. This dude does not care a single bit. He just wants them grandkids to chase him around. He just wants babies. He wants them grandkids. He's like, my time is a coming. I'm old. It's the old days. I want them grandkids. And also, he straight up tries to behead the Duke when he comes in. He's like, on another level. He's on Prince Hans level, where he's like, I will behead you. How dare you? You messed this up for me. That That's funny, because right before he went on that tangent, I was about to say how wholesome <laughs> it is. But in a sense, yes, yeah, like how wholesome to view. And I think that's, again, that's just one of those touches that was thrown in there from Walt's perspective because he was such a family man and he was such a proud father. Right. And to view a male father figure that just, like, misses his son's presence because he cares so strongly about his son. Right, and he's and it's just like, I just want to be able to care for more children when, you know, in a lot of other aspects of media men are portrayed as being just outside Distant of the family and life. cold and, yeah. and uncaring and kind of hassled And with. especially in the 50s, it was not a man's place to be caring for the kids. But this right. guy's alone. And he's like, I want... He's having dreams about, like, giving pony back rides to, to the little, little kids. kids. It's like, adorable. Like, yeah. But he got, got that a, temper. He's got a few, uh, few short fuses in there <laughs> that are going off a little bit, but that aspect of him is very wholesome. Even if he will cut your head off. Yeah. Well, he's gonna cut your head off because you're ruining his <laughs> chances of getting them grandkids. Oh my goodness. I just don't mess it up. <laughs> Uh, but no, like, Cinderella, it's just one of those movies where it's enjoyable to watch, but it's enjoyable to watch. Like, the details and the cinematography and just the aesthetic, which again, thank you, Mary Blair. It's a like, beautiful movie. Yeah. And it's, like... It's it, beautiful. In In that animation way that people no longer, like, you know, now you think of beautiful animation and you're thinking about realistic animation and you're thinking of like gorgeous landscapes and just things that you're like wow I cannot believe this is animation right but that kind of just like old school animation can be so beautiful also I agree I agree so we've got to talk then villain Lady Tremaine, what are you so, ranking her? Okay, I don't... Here's the thing. I don't it's remember been, what I ranked Yeah, ranking. it's been a long time since we did the live action. I do not remember what I ranked her. But honestly, uh, I'm going to give her a 10 because, again, this is such a human way of being a villain in terms of abusing a child. And this woman is straight up jealous of a child. Right. This is the reason that we are given for her abuse. She is jealous of Cinderella's beauty. 
This right. is a child. We're She's talking a child. Like, and that's I'm so... gonna agree. It's a ten because this is this this really insidious, gross kind of evil that you might not notice about somebody when you first meet them. I don't probably people if they met them would not think Cinderella is even in the family. They would think this is a servant girl so she can treat her as she likes, not realizing this and because she treats her own daughters quote unquote so well um because she's a caring mother she wants what's best for them she's trying to get them ahead in life blah 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 etc etc there's a lot of air quotes here because I don't think that she's a good mother either to her own daughters but I think that just abusing a child is a really really special kind of evil that is and the thing is you see also throughout the movie you know you get these little pieces where you know in this one she does call her stepmother and lady tremaine refers to her like she calls her child and you know when the ball comes around invitation comes around she says i am still a member of this family after all like she knows her place but there is still kind of this messed up uh imagery that she like she is just part of this dysfunctional family unit right where that's just so not what a family is oh yeah yeah she's she's very evil she's very humanly evil not you know fantastic there's no magic there's no but it's the kind of evil that you can and unfortunately do see still to this day yeah so that's messed so, yeah, up that's <laughs> how are you gonna rank the movie overall uh movie overall i mean i've said before this cinderella is uh especially the live action is my favorite and this is my childhood favorite the animated um so there's a huge nostalgia factor for me uh i don't know if i mentioned it before but i had a book uh like a picture book of cinderella the little golden book i don't know if that was so much a thing in french but it was like it was very thin it was like a cardboard they were all pastel colored uh but like it has such a vivid image in my mind of it but i don't know how to describe them uh but basically just retelling in a very condensed manner the story of the movie um with in French. <laughs> yeah, in French. With pict- with images. And I knew the story by heart before I even knew how to read. Because of how often I wanted it read to me. And just like... So yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with a 10 on that also. And I hope that's what I gave the live action. Because if I didn't, I'm mad at myself. I'm now just thinking about your parents just like flipping through the pages without having to look at them. And just like... Send Aurelion à dire, oh, Jacques. <laughs> okay, what's your ranking? Let's, let's move past that. Let's move past my terrible French impression of a book I've never read uh, with my terrible French pronunciation. Um, I'm going to say a 9.7. Oh, we're going into like straight up. We're past the, the, you know, we we went into halves before. Oh, yeah, no. But now we're going into all decimals. All At decimals. some point, you might get a 7.76. Not a 7.77. That's three sevens. Everybody knows that's God's number. I ain't messing with that. <laughs> um, 
no, I think Cinderella is a beautiful movie. Uh, I think it's a beautiful movie. I I always liked Cinderella as a kid. Uh, it wasn't my favorite, but I did enjoy watching it. And um, you know what? I've grown in appreciation for this movie over the years. Aesthetic. Well, yes, but also the soundtrack. It is very nice. I, I love. What's your favorite song? A dream is a wish. Your heart makes. Mine is. So this is love. No. No. It's the Mouse Work song. Oh, I love it. It is. It's a really cute song. I love it so. Yeah. It gets stuck in my head randomly. It lives rent free up there, um, and sometimes it's just like me trying to go to sleep, and it's Cinderella, Cinderella. <laughs> I used to find So This Is Love such a stupid, boring <gasps> song when I was little. Oh my goodness. I did not Stop like that talking. song. I thought it was boring. Uh, I just didn't want to listen to it. And, and now I just like, it's not my favorite, but it's my second favorite of the movie. To be fair, there's not that many songs <laughs> in the movie. But Stop talking. <laughs> I can't believe you. Uh, so, I guess, we haven't decided what we're watching next week. Well, I we have didn't some say rewatchability. Oh, rewatchability. I could watch Cinderella probably once a week. Yeah, I mean, I could have watched it every other day, probably. I mean, it's a it's short... It's short, too. It's so, so I short. I could probably watch it, you like, can put it on. You can put it on while you're eating dinner. And, like, <laughs> by the time you're... very slowly. Yeah, by the time you're done with dinner, you're already halfway through the movie. You like, get a three-course meal, you're set. Oh, for sure. Like, if you're actually sitting down with an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert, by the time you're done with food, the movie credits are rolling. Perfect dinner and a movie day. Yeah. Um, so, for next next week, uh, I have some suggestions. Good, because that's actually the only blank spot on our schedule until the first week of November. <laughs> no, the first week of November, we're... Yeah, no, until the okay, the second week. We have yes. we have movies figured out for the entire month of October plus the first week of November. All right, great. Oh, do you want me to announce it? Am I sure. just picking? We're watching sure. Onward. Uh, All right, which, let's go Onward. Which came out on Disney Plus. That's uh, true. Even the though first... it was not supposed Again. to be, so it's not an original, but... Well, it was, it was going to come. It came early. Because right. it still went to theaters. We just sort didn't of. go see it in theaters. No, it was in theaters for the entire run. It came to Disney Plus like three months early. Okay, whatever. Uh, we're going to be talking Onward next week. All right, sounds good. So... So, as usual, you can find us on various social media. Uh, we are on Instagram. It's actually Magical Streaming Pod now. That is the pod at the end. Uh, we're also on Facebook on our Magical Streaming page. We are on Twitter. At Stream the Magic. Yes, and we have a Yahoo, Magical Streaming at yahoo.com. Uh, if you ever want to send us a line, if you have any suggestions, any comments, If you want to reply to hot takes, feel yeah, free. Yeah, just anything. Let us know. It's, Give your own hot takes. It's there, and the only thing that's uh, coming in there right now is Twitter notifications because of the email we use to <laughs> sign up for Twitter. So if you want to change it up for us a little bit, feel free. And uh, until next time, enjoy your magical streaming. Bye-bye.